Thanks for joining us on the DDS Faith Podcast. Our prayer is that as we discuss what God has to teach us through His Word, we can all learn how to deepen, defend, and share our faith in Jesus Christ. If you grew up in the South yep. within the last 60 years, <laughs> the Andy Griffith show oh, is embedded I've seen the Andy Griffith show. into your DNA. The Paramount, it, it's on Paramount Plus now. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's on Pluto Star Trek TV. T- yes. They have a whole channel, which yeah. is nothing but 24 hours cool. of Andy Griffith. And so the other day, yeah, I had it on. I, I never, growing up, I never really watched the ones that were in color. Like the last three right. years were in color. Back in Warren, man. Yeah. And like the cast was different. Barney was gone. Mm. Otis was gone. Gomer. They made one in color? The, the last three yeah, seasons were in color. color. Yeah. So they got rid of all the characters. And Don Knotts. Yeah. <laughs> all Don new Knotts. actors. Yeah. And it's in color. It's, it's the same title. It's basically like Andy totally Opie and, yeah, and, Andy, and It's Andy Taylor in the show, but they call it the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Like makes, just make his name Griffith. Anyway. So well, there's a reason big time. That's now. the actual anyway. actor's name. Oh, there was I never a, that. that used to They used to do that back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. They give an actor a show... But and in the care in the like Lucy. So the other night, I had the Andy Griffith channel on. Yeah, and it was the color episodes, and I usually watch one or two. And um, there was an episode I'd never seen before, and I wish now I had never seen it. Um, <laughs> it started out; they were in church, and the pastor gets up and says that the church has received a gift of five hundred dollars, which in Mayberry money. Equals five thousand dollars in the in the seven in the early seventies. Five million. Well, yeah, yeah. everything oh, in Mayberry is just like, hey, Woo-wee. you want a steak dinner? Fifty cents, you know that kind of stuff. So when he says, "Oh, we have a gift of five hundred dollars," so he says, "And our finance committee will be meeting to determine what we're going to do with that." Okay. Mm-hmm. So Andy is the chairman of the finance committee. So you have Andy, the pastor, and this other lady are the finance committee and aunt B wants choir robes and oh, there are yeah, two I other gentlemen that, yeah. who's like, well, you know, there's some structure issues to our building that need to be addressed and fixed. And aunt B starts to throw a fit like, well, those issues have been around for years and nobody's noticed. We need choir robes. We're just not pro. Wait what? a minute. Yes. This is an actual episode. And Andy chickens out. He doesn't. He knows he needs to vote for the structure, but he's got. He has to live with Aunt B. So in the next day, Aunt B throws her little fit and says, "If she doesn't get choir robes, then they're just going to disband the whole choir." And (laughs) and throughout the whole episode, she's just not a very nice person. Um, Not Aunt B. The other guy figures out a way to fix the structural issues so that she can still get her choir robes. So he starts to make his presentation, but before he can get started, she interrupts and goes like, nobody knows what you're talking about. And the episode ended, and I was like, I really don't like Aunt B. It just <laughs> left it that way? No, it ends. She gets her choir robes. Yeah. And the last shot is her standing in the choir with her choir robes. And I'm like, so she pitches a big fit at a committee meeting, and she still gets her way. Sounds I was familiar. like, no wonder. <laughs> so, okay. So you know how when, when, when you're watching... Business meetings. When, when you're watching movies like that, you know, they... Or, or shows or whatever, they'll 
they'll write somebody like they're clearly wrong. Like they may even be wrong logically, but they write them in a way to where they're right. Is that what they did? Was like she right or no? She was clearly in the wrong in the whole episode. But the writers did they agree with that? That's what I'm saying. The writers, I guess, the thing was okay. Well, they figured out how to fix the structural issues with the church, which they really didn't by the because now the yeah. issues are worse at the end of the episode. Of but it does, Aunt B's happy; she's got her choir rope, and I'm like, you know, that just it's a fifty plus year old show, and I'm like, wow, now I'm depressed. So then I had to flip <laughs> over. To the Bob Barker channel and watch that for and then Drew Carey showed up. You know they have they, there's now another channel for Drew Carey shows. I'm Are like, you for real? No, that's new. They started so there's a Bob Barker channel. But and do you realize a, he's almost been on there for 20 years now? I know it's sad, but anyway, what I was <laughs> going to say, like, he was a like, Marine too. He's, he's he's been there long enough yeah. to be Bob Barker. One yeah. of, one of Bob Barker's things was when people would come on the show and be like, oh, I watch every day for years and years. But he, was, he would call them, say, oh, you are a loyal friend and true of our show. And that's what we have over here as our guest for this series <laughs> is a loyal friend and true of our podcast. That is what you call a segue. That, yeah, was, that, was, yeah, a, that was good. That was a smooth transition that was, right there. That was anyway, Steve wow. Beasley, welcome. Thank you. We recorded, we did the first attempt at this last week, and I was like, <laughs> Steve, it's nice to meet you. And he's like, oh, I met you before. And I was like, did you? And he's like, yeah, on the day you resigned. I was like, yes, now I do remember. <laughs> I do remember meeting you now. So, yep. So, welcome. <laughs> We're glad to have you for however long this series runs. And Eli, you're back from your trip. Here he is. Yeah. The mustache Eli. and all. You that mustache really needs to be shaved. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Get the little creeper stash. Steven, out of here, what do you buddy. think? Beard, yes. Stash, no. You you got a, about ten years to worry about do you, growing that. You know? Yeah. Uh Steve, <laughs> you, you should mean, you should do like a Fu Man chew. Just like keep it <laughs> keep it like it is, but just shave the middle. Just yeah. right down. <laughs> keep it as long as it is, everything. <laughs> Steve, you reached out to Wes mm-hmm. and asked to be part of this series, particularly because over the next few weeks we're going to be talking about uh, mental health. Right. You know, early <clears throat> on in the podcast, we said this was a topic we were going to address and and talk about, and then we just kept getting other topics that we <laughs> well would talk about. And it's like, well, yeah. we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. <laughs> we kept. It was funny because we kept pushing. We kept pushing Steve back. I felt really bad because, like, I bet he thinks we're just pushing him down the line. I, I promise we're not. We have a plan. Like, it's here. It's, we have a yeah. schedule. It just changes, like, every, every five Every minutes. week. <laughs> so, but, um, but like I said, you, you reached out and said, hey, I re- would really like to be a part of it. What is it about this particular um, topic that resonates with you that you were like, you know, hey, I want to want to be part of this and discussion well for one thing that uh it's probably the number one issue in the world today Mm -hmm. especially in churches it's the most hidden thing and uh i did 20 years in the navy and like i said uh i didn't go a three-month period where i didn't lose somebody in my life Mm. that i worked with family member or someone you know die on me mm-hmm. you know and towards the end of my career 
it really started dominoing. You know, things just got worse and worse. You know, even to the point that, you know, it. I was having suicidal thoughts. Mm. You know, um, and suffering deep depression. Now, uh, so, Steve, when you you know when you say suicidal thoughts, because I know we we kind of just kind of jumped into it. Um, I just I want anybody that's listening, um, I want them to understand. You know, we, we discussed this off camera before, so that was a little mm-hmm. bit easier for you to say. But this was not just like, oh yeah, I'm depressed. Like, no, you struggle with suicidal no. thoughts. That's what you were telling us, right? Right. right. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's one of those things that is uh, it's a battle to grow with you know it's it's not and being a christian (laughs) made it even harder because i i did reach out to my pastor as i was initially having these feelings yeah you know and the answer i got was it's just life Mm. you know we got to kind of learn to deal with that now that particular pastor has switched his thing yeah. completely around now a few years later and he's recognized and he called and apologized to me several That's awesome. months ago about it. You know, he's like, cool. I have, I have learned. Yeah. You know, it's good to admit when you're wrong and, you know, <laughs> and yeah. retract where you need to retract. So, yeah. So over the next few weeks, we don't know there, there's <laughs> long there. The series are as long as as they need to be. Yeah, uh, we're going to address this topic of mental health, mm-hmm. um, and let's state up front here, make it very clear: no one here is a medical professional. By any nope. None of us have any degrees in psychology. Um, oh, you have you have a degree in psychology? I'm, I'm working on it. You're working on yeah. one. Okay, so none of us here have a degree in I, psychology. I graduated from Hard Knocks. Does that count? The, the, school, the school of Life. And yeah. I watch YouTube videos on psychology. Yeah, there you go. So. There you go. There you go. And, and, and I, I'm get, I'm working on a degree in psychology, uh, but that, that does not mean I know anything. I'm right. uh, even when I finish, I will not be a licensed professional. Um, I'm just learning a few things here and there. Well, mental health is something that all of us have had our own individual bouts with. Mm-hmm. Eli, you might still be a little young. You're, what, 19? Mm-hmm. Life will hit you in the face soon. Um, <laughs> it will, yes. Yes. It's a lot harder. So we're just going to have a discussion about some of our experiences and our own battles, and then we're going to look at Scripture. Yeah. What, what does the Bible have to say about the certain topics like tonight we're specifically going to address depression It's like is depression a sin and the key scripture we're going to keep coming back to is job chapter three and a lot of what i'll be talking about there is an excellent sermon by dr david jeremiah he's the pastor of shadow mountain community church out in san diego california and he has i think his um television, online ministry. It's called Turning Point Ministries. Yeah, uh, You can find this sermon on YouTube, and we'll put a link to it yeah. in the description yeah. of this um, called, I think it's like Depression and Godly People or Godly People 
get depression. So um, let's just up here at the front, let's define what we're talking about when we say depression. Um, the dictionary defines it as low spirits, gloomy feelings, dejection, sadness, condition marked by feelings of worthlessness, failure, and accompanying guilt. Really quick, the title of that video, um, it was Depression Happens to Godly People. Okay, I knew the word depression and godly people were in there. <laughs> I just didn't know which order they came in. All right, so let me read that definition again. Uh, this is the dictionary's definition of what depression is. Low spirits, gloomy feelings, deject, dejection, sadness, and it's a condition marked by feelings of worthlessness, failure, and accompanying guilt. Um, but unfortunately today, depression is just kind of, it's another one of those words that just gets thrown out and used wrong. Right. Um, we've talked about that in the past, how people just kind of use words going, don't think you know what that really <laughs> right. means. So like, we're not talking about, you know, just having a case of the blues or, you know, I, I've had a bad day. We all have a bad day. Right. Uh, some of us have two or three a week. Um, depression is embodied emotional suffering. And what, you know, to, just to add to that, what, what people don't understand about depression, I know I didn't. Um, you know, for the longest time, I would just tell, just like the pastor that you were mentioning, I used to be like, you know, Hey, that, that's tough, man. That's, that's life. You know, you got to pray about it, jump into the word. And, and those are true statements and those are real. But a lot of times when you're actually struggling with depression and or anxiety, it's a whole different aspect than just, man, I had a really crappy day today. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, this is like you truly, and you're not, <laughs> when I was younger, I know, you know, people would just be like, you know, they would say things like, um, oh, I'm just worthless or whatever. And some people just trying to get attention. And that was the big thing. Oh, they're just trying to get attention. And I think there's some truth to that. But we should not be making that. I mean, we shouldn't take it seriously. Right. Anytime somebody has an issue like this. Yeah. Like depression is it's not just a state of mind or a negative view mm. of your life. Like it is something that affects your physical well-being. Yeah. Um, there's he, a chemical part to it too, right? You know, it's not, it's not just, th uh, going on in your head, you know, and just stop thinking that way. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, trust me, when you're in this state of depression, you are trying to think of a way out of it, right? You're trying to think of, you're praying to God. You know, which Joe That's what did. We're, we're going to look at yeah, that. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not trying to jump ahead here or anything, <laughs> but, you know, I I definitely just saying what I went through, you know, right. and just things like that. Yeah. And, and like you said, this is a topic that I think a lot of churches are just misinformed on right now. Yeah. Uh, just uneducated, untrained, because uh, depression is not looked at as a health issue. It's right. in a lot of Christian communities, it's like, well, it's a lack of faith. Exactly. Um, how can a Christian be depressed? And so we're going to go. Yeah. So to like, 
the the question that, that that's happened to me several times is just like that, but it's usually like, how could you be filled with the Holy Spirit and be depressed? And you know, the last person to ask me that question, I rebuked them in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very hard because I was just like, Yeah, dude, like who are you to to question that? And there's people in the Bible that were depressed. Right. There's a lot of people in the Bible. <laughs> if you not just the Old Testament. If you really read and pay attention. You know, right. What we're going to look at, well, what I've got, and you all got, <laughs> you, feel, you feel free to add as you as you feel, feel just, led to. Before before you go, um, I just, I want to kind of just tell the audience, um, this is not, okay, for, for me, uh, I have recently struggled with anxiety and depression. I've never struggled with it before in my life up until just a few years ago. Um, I'll share that on a later episode. Uh, Jeremy has also dealt with depression and this isn't his first go around, you know, like these are, we're not just talking out of the side of our mouths, you know, like we're, 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 we're speaking to our experience and then we're also going to show it in scripture as well. Right. Right. And the outline that I'm going to be using for our conversation again, it comes from Dr. Jeremiah's sermon. So I encourage you to click the link on that and yes, watch that. Please. Um, it was an excellent sermon. And we're going to go to the book of Job. It's a book I'm very familiar with because I read it a lot <laughs> during my time. Good Lord. Yes. <laughs> um, but the first thing we want to look at is, you know, experiencing depression. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the story of Job, uh, Eli, you biblical scholar, you <laughs> don't call me that. What in the first two chapters of Job can you God tell the listener man. what what's happened? So, man, it's been a long time since I read Job. Yeah, just right off the top um, of your head. So, so God allows Satan himself. That's important. God allows. Yeah. Satan. Um, God allows Satan to essentially test Job. He he he. There's a scene in heaven where I think Satan says that you have a, a godly servant down here, something along those lines. I'm not sure the exact words that it uses, but you have a godly servant down here, um, and he fears you. And and God gives Satan permission to. Well, is Satan Satan brings up the objection. He says, you know. He's only following you in good because you blessed him. Because yeah, because, because he's, he's rich. He's in a good got situation. All this stuff. He's mm. doing so great. Well, and then the the things pertaining to that, the things that Satan starts taking away from Job is his livestock and his family. Like his whole family is like killed. First thing Satan does is go after his livestock and his family and starts taking these things well, away. Well, God would he would, it was funny because he first off it it ends up being. Let's just be honest. It's a bet between God and Satan. It's a, yeah, it's a challenge. <laughs> it's, it's totally what it was. But um, I, I will say yeah. I, God in his sovereignty knew exactly what was going to happen and was still sovereign over Satan. Well, yeah. And so, works, like he even, still works this to the counsel right. of his will. So he even tells Satan, all right, you can do this. You can do anything you want, but you can't harm a hair on his head. Right. Mm. And then it was, or all right, fine. you can't take his life. Uh, well, first it was, you can't harm, harm right. a hair okay. on his head. Then, right. after he takes everything away from me, he's still not cursed God, cursing God and dying. Um, uh, God's like, all right, fine. You can do whatever you want to him, but you can't kill him. Right. Mm. Yeah. And so that's when What's he interesting, has he only left the his boils wife. and the yep. diseases and stuff. that break Right. Out. And that's all in the first two chapters of Job. <laughs> Because when you get to chapter three, then 
that's when we experience Joe's depression. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, to, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think from my experience with Job, it tends to get more difficult to read as you go. Yeah. Like the first three or four chapters is like, yeah, I'm, I'm following this. And then you start getting into like the poetry side of it. And it's like, I, I, you lost me. <laughs> well, well but, mostly Old Testament. And just a tidbit, Job is actually older than Exodus. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. So, we're, we're pretty sure, yeah. 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 No, so, I mean, that's a tells you the time of things. Right. <laughs> this is early on, like, maybe Abraham? Yeah, I like, think we that's don't where they really know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people out there that think that Job wasn't an actual man and this is just more figurative. I wouldn't say that. But no, I mean it's referenced in the New Testament. That's questioning God's word. So right, I yeah, say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. But well, like I said, Job's had everything taken away from him, and at this point in chapter three, he's broken in body, physically, because he's covered in is it sore, sores boils. or boils? Yeah, yeah, and he's broken in his spirit because he's lost all his children. Mm. Um, and to him, you know, you have to put yourself in his shoes. We have the advantage because we know what the end of the book says. Right. And well, really quick, Satan, uh, lets him keep his wife. Right. But his wife, it would have been better if he took her because most of the time that she was at curse God and die. Like right. she was like, give up, just curse God and die. Be done with this. And that's one of the things. Not I very encouraging. I, I think I've mentioned this before. <laughs> we talked about Joseph at one time and the passage that, you know, we read in the Bible that he gets put into prison mm. and then there's a period and the next sentence says after two years. Right. And mm-hmm. we just kind of skim over that. Yeah. Like, for, oh, two years. Okay. For Joseph, it was. Next sentence. Two years. Two years in prison. For us, it's the yeah. next sentence. For them, so as I'm years. reading, <laughs> as I'm reading, I try to put myself, kind of put them in their position. Like, mm. you know. Again, we know the end of the story, and God blesses Job, gives him twice what he mm-hmm. what was taken from him. But he does, Job doesn't know that yet. All he knows is he's lost everything. His kids mm-hmm. are gone. His wife has pretty much told him, "Hey, curse God and die." Well, and I, um, I want to add to that. You you mentioned uh, Joseph in prison for two years, and then we you know we read the next sentence and it's done. But even while he was in prison. There was the uh, was it the the chef and the uh, cupbearer. the cupbearer, and he interprets these the two bank. dreams. That happens after those two years, right? Well, I think he was interpreting them in prison, right? Right. And yeah. then, yeah. So, like, imagine this so guy. He'd been in prison for two years, and then the the right. other guys come in. Yes, yes, but like the one of the I think it was the cupbearer. Um, it, it, one of the two. I don't remember exactly which one, but <laughs> cupbearer dies. He, yeah, he like he interprets. Yeah, he interprets these dreams. One of them is fine. The other one, he's like, "You're gonna die," and then so this uh, guy sits in prison for three years, knowing that he's gonna die. Well, well, three well days he tells later. the he tells the baker. He says, "Hey, when you get out, tell the pharaoh of what I did." And he doesn't do it for another year. Right. Yeah. He totally forgets about right. it. Right. Oh yeah, but I mean, this guy knew. Like, if okay, so Joseph interpreted my dream correctly, I'm gonna die. I think he was hung, actually. And like, this guy knew that was coming up. But for us, as we read this part of Scripture, it's like just a couple right. sentences. So, yeah, my point is saying Job doesn't know the end of his story. Right. Mm-hmm. He's just known he's had this horrible experience. And, and it's for a purpose. And he, but he doesn't know that. Right. And Because <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There are fewer things that are harder to bear than meaningless suffering. Yeah. 
Like we can put up with a lot if we know that we know at why. the end there's a payoff right. or there's something, or well, if we know why, so, you know, pointless and, trouble and see, is Joseph, corrosive. Sorry. You know, what's, what's interesting about Job, you mentioned, you know, the end of his story. You know, a lot of people think the end of his story is at the end of the book of Job, but it's really not. It's actually happening right now in the 21st century, the end of his story, because the, part of his story is us talking about it right now, mm. is the lessons that we learn from it right now. But as I was saying, Job doesn't know the what the end of his story is going to be. So he's like, to him, there's no point to all right. of this. He, he can't comprehend it. And it's like I said... We can endure a lot if we know what the payoff is going to be. Oh, yeah. Um, pointless trouble is corrosive mm. to our souls. Um, Proverbs eighteen fourteen, the ESV says, A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. Mm. Um, Job's psyche, his mind, is under satanic attack. Yeah. And that is one of Satan's favorite playgrounds is our minds. Mm -hmm. So well, um, it gets to you. I mean, it, yeah, you know, after a while you get beat down so much and it's just like, you know, me knowing the story of Job. Okay. Yeah. And I, it, as much as I've been beat down, like I have not been, <laughs> I haven't been beat down as much as Job. Um, and I still kind of wonder of purpose, like, right? Come on, why? Why are we still going through this? Like, this and is tough. If you read there in chapter three, it's basically he's lamenting, right? And what I really liked is, and I never looked at it until again when David Jeremiah was listening to his sermon. He broke it down. There's three parts to this lament. Verses one and two, he calls it, "Why did I rise?" Like. He right. curses the day that he was born. Like, why was I even born? And, you know, depression will give you a twisted view of reality and a distorted view of God. Amen. <laughs> I know my battles, that was what it was. It was like, I was always like, God, you know, please take this away from me. You know, just like Job, you know. I, I kept on feeling that feeling, you know, like, why do I have these thoughts? You right. Know? Well, why can't I get rid of them? Exactly. I'll, <clears throat> I don't know if it's too early or not, but there was a passage <laughs> of scripture that I wanted to go to that you just reminded me of. I don't go ahead. You know, stick with Job or can we go there for a minute? Go wherever you want to go. All right. I'll tell you. Second Corinthians. Oh, Corinthians, <laughs> huh? Yeah. You know where I'm going? I didn't even hear what verse you said. Second Corinthians. He loves me. Twelve. The flesh is all I can think of. Yes, that's exactly where I'm going. Yeah. Um, Basically. This When I was gone, this scripture, um, I read a lot. And it's kind of grown to be one of my favorite passages of scripture. And you just now talked about how you would plead to God saying, remove it from me. <laughs> Take it yeah. from me. You probably did it more than three times. But... <laughs> Um, this is Second Corinthians 12, verse 7. Paul said, Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given 
me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. <laughs> therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I mean, what a beautiful passage of scripture. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to preach too much, but like, I mean, this is great. My grace is sufficient for you. Like, the, the, there is a purpose for this thorn. It very clearly says it. Like, Paul, excuse me, God gave Paul this mm-hmm. thorn. Like it was, God didn't allow this one. He gave Paul this thorn, and it was for the reason to keep Paul from exalting himself. Mm-hmm. Keep him humble. Keep him humble. Yeah, he had pride, and it's it's very easy to become prideful, and then whew, lightning. You know, right. you God humbles you, and it's like you're just saying. Oftentimes, we want to plead to God and say, "Remove this thorn," whether it be literal which a lot of people would interpret this literally, but I think there's a good argument for both. But aside from that, um, it could be a person. It could be depression. Um, and I'm not speaking for every situation out there and saying that God has orchestrated this on you. Right. But I think a lot of cases he, he probably could have, because even like in, in Hebrews, uh, it's like Hebrews 10, maybe, a, a father disciplines his son. And those whom he doesn't discipline, it, he, Hebrews calls them illegitimate children. Right. And and you feel so, that way. Hey, as as, part, as mm-hmm. part of the depression, mm-hmm. you feel like, what did I do mm-hmm. wrong? You know? Oh, yeah. I loved you, Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I, did I did everything, everything you, you told, told me, me to, to do. do. <laughs> yeah. It's, it says, um, I'm well content with weakness, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. So not only are you stronger when you're weaker, God is perfecting you in this weakness, but God's power is also exalted in your weakness because your own pride can't be exalted. Yeah. So I will say I don't. I'm not going to state that God is orchestrating and authoring all of your suffering. He is at the very least allowing that and working right. it out for good and working it out to the counsel of His will. But sometimes there could very well be a case where maybe God is disciplining, disciplining you or humbling you. Um, and so I would say definitely look out for that and consider that to be a possibility and see how you need to be humbled in, in this time, God still had a purpose for this thorn. So in verses one through 10, um, of Job, of Job's lament here, that's what we're calling that is the, why did I arrive? So verses 11 and 12 is, you know, why did I survive? Cause now mm. he's talking about why, why did I just not die? at birth like it would have been better like in his present condition job can find no reason for his life um and he expresses death as a hopeful relief relief Mm. from what he's experiencing in life and it reminded me of uh the country singer naomi judd oh who committed suicide Gosh, a year ago? Has it been a year? It's been over a year, I guess. Wow. And I remember, I want to say it was Winona. They were interviewing her, but it may have been the sister. Yeah. One of them said, my mom did not want to die. She just wanted 
to be rid of the pain mm. that she the was cancer, living, yeah. that she was living in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, desiring, desiring for God to take your life, or desiring to God, I just want to be done. Please let me die. I would not call this call it the same thing as I'm going to take my own life. Um, you know, I, I I would say that neither one are good by any means. Uh, the, the first is definitely more understandable, but, um, I, I, I would like to point that out because, you know, somebody that just wants, wants to be done is, it's different than someone who just wants to kill themselves. Right. Well, and let's, let's camp out here yeah. for a minute. Let's talk about, um, when you get to the point to where in your mind, you're corrupted mind that you're you are in and you get to the point where like i'm just ready to end my life and Mm. you start actually making plans to do it yeah um that's where you need help right well and you you may even want help before that but that's when Mm. you definitely need help i know that whenever i struggled with it struggled (laughs) like it's past tense uh you know, when I first started struggling with it, the hardest thing was admitting it to myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just because I didn't want to believe it. You know, uh, for the longest time, I was that Christian that grew up, you know, and I was the Amen. one that, you know, like you shouldn't be depressed if you're filled with the spirit. You know, what do you got? Be, what do you have to be depressed about? Until it happened to me. And I'll share more about what happened um, when we right, do our right. um, uh, but like you depression got, for pastors episode. You got there. You were like having actual thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you've been there as well. Right? Oh, yeah. I thought about I how mean, to do it. Had my methods and everything. Like you had it all planned out. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I mean, just think about the depths you have to get to. To where you start making start making plans. Like I had a conversation mm-hmm. with a friend a few months ago who was sharing with me, you know, like he laid his whole plan out. And I was like, dude, like I was ready to drive him to a hospital. Good. Right, right then and there. Um people get into a dark place. One of the things that I appreciated in this sermon, and I'm gonna quote it yeah, verbatim do it. here. Um <clears throat> Dr. Jeremiah says whenever he has question and answer sessions, the question, one of the questions he gets asked the most is, will you go to hell if you commit suicide? Mm. Um, There are Christians who do believe that. Um, They're saying, well, if you, if you commit suicide, you're saying that there's absolutely no hope for you whatsoever. So you're saying you don't have any faith in Jesus. So maybe you weren't really saved and start that, with. And that's one of the things that leads a lot of Christians to not saying anything to keep their or mouth talking shut. or talking and keeping quiet. Right. I love David Jeremiah's answer to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ask him, will you go to hell if you commit suicide? He says, of course not. If a person is a Christian and they take their own life, that does not cancel out their Christianity any more than any other sin would do it. He says, now, it's a bad thing. You don't need to do it. And you need to understand that the first person you're going to see after you take your life 
is going to be the God of heaven who created you and gave you that life in the first place. I'm, I'm very comfortable with talking about it now because for the longest time I could not talk about it. Right. You know, and the people I wanted to talk to weren't listening, you Mm -hmm. know, and that was the biggest problem, you know? So, but when you heard that sermon, what, what would I say to God? I just needed to be near you, you know? <laughs> I mean, I would, I would be dropping to my knees and it's like, Lord, I did not feel you near me. You know, I just needed couldn't take so- it anymore. I needed somebody to love me, you right. know? I, yeah, I, I, I tried, Lord. Yeah. Cause part of the depression is you don't feel the love around you, mm-hmm. you know? And, if a church isn't loving you, you're you're not going to do that. Mm. For example, I just want to put this out, you know. For three weeks, I haven't gone to my church, you know. And I haven't had a contact from anyone there, you know. And that's not good with my condition, okay? Right. Right? There should be somebody out there, like, calling should be my deacon, should be friends I have at church, you know? That's- and, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to, you know, because I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, you know? Right, and right. I don't want to offend anybody, but honestly, how is it offensive for you just to tell what happened? That's not offensive. You just did it happen or did, did anybody call you? No. All you're doing is saying, hey, nobody called me, man. I mean, you know, now now listen, like nobody needs to call you to right. be at church and to hold you accountable, but they should. And we should, you know, hey, I haven't seen so and so. Let me hold them accountable. You know, like or just when, check up. Like just check is up everything on people. okay. Yeah. Like when I was in ministry, I always had <laughs> Um, I, I, I was, I've always been very research data oriented, you know, and, oh, Lord, and yes. I, I, I'd break, I, I'd have my students broken up into three colors, green, red, and yellow. And the green students were the ones that doors are open. They're going to be there. And if they're not going to be there, they're going to text me and say, Hey, Wes, I'm going to miss today. <laughs> like, was I'm I, was I green? Oh yeah. You were green. Aww. Um, sweet. Fuchsia. I, I I bet you you could pick out all the green ones pretty easily, yeah. um, and uh, you know the yellow ones were the ones that were kind of like you know they're probably going to be there you know they might miss Sports you know scene. and Sports essentially it, if the green one missed well they usually told me anyway so I wouldn't necessarily follow up you know I, sometimes I would I would just kind of gauge it but I usually had better relationships with these people because they were here more the people that were in yellow I would. Um, if they missed, I'd call them, period. I'd, I'd call them or I'd text them, whatever, and just made sure, hey, how's everything going? We missed you, yada, yada, yada. And then the red, they're kind of more sporadic. They might be there every three weeks. You know, okay, if they are following their pattern, yeah, I'm going to encourage them to come more, of course. But if they're following their pattern, I'm not going to bug the snot out of them and text them every single week when I know they're not going to be there anyway. But, I, I mean, just looking at some statistics, I think, like, even in your generation right now, you know, is, which I don't understand, but I mean, that's part of this disease, you know, 
it's depression is hitting youngsters yeah even harder well, right COVID now had a lot to do with yeah that. yeah and i mean that's just wow guys you got a lot to look forward to you mm -hmm. know oh, yeah. you really do so yeah we we've spent a few minutes talking about suicide and mm. um you know i read that response to you what dr jeremiah yeah. his answer to that question was but you know maybe there's somebody who's listening or watching and they're at that point like they've got it all mapped out yeah so let's take a minute and encourage that person yes not if you're you know not to do that it, like steve there's a hotline no, yeah no. yeah it's uh 988 is the national hotline and do you just dial 988 and call or do you have to yeah, just pound or anything just like you would dial 911 uh-huh you know you dial 988 and then it's going to ask you nine are, nine nine eight nine eight eight okay. I'll, okay. I'll i'll write it down yeah. <laughs> okay sorry eli yeah. has trouble with english it's okay <laughs> well it's, i think the, i think you accidentally spoke misspoke the same thing maybe i did i don't think i'm sorry but it's important enough we got to yeah. get it right yeah yeah well it's then gonna ask you are you a veteran or a former service member dial one and the only reason is that is because 22 a day wow yeah you almost okay. got to filter them in, and they have different issues. you know so they immediately get put to a different whole different area of expertise if not then you dial two and i think three for spanish or whatever you know but you know there are people there to listen and they will get you the help right you need all right and you, you know we'll, we'll listen as well you know if it's if it's suicide we really encourage you to call that call that number that steve mentioned um you know if you're just struggling and having a hard time even you know could Call us, you know, send, send us a message, get, jump on our website and, uh, and, and say something, or you can message us on Facebook. We would, we would love to reach out to you. Yeah. The, the third part of this lament is the last verses 20 through 26. And it's called the, you know, the, why am I alive? It's just the, why can I not just die right now? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I was born. Unfortunately, I didn't die at birth. I had to live through <laughs> all of this. So why can I die right now? And that's what he's asking why right um there's nothing wrong with asking why we talked about that right earlier i never finished it so you go ahead do you want to finish that yeah, now? why don't you go finish it no you finish well, it well i'll finish it <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with asking god why but to expect an answer of like uh de demand an answer from god and be like oh no. you owe me an answer that's mm. a problem we don't owe god doesn't owe us anything but we can absolutely <laughs> question <laughs> right yeah. you know even jesus asked why yes he did you know he's on the cross he says why have you forsaken me right but, and he didn't get an answer but, from heaven but was he talking to god or the people you know i i've often no, he's, he's god, my god, my god. Uh, he says my yeah, god my I think god, it's god. Okay. You forsaken no, he, and, and let this cup pass from me lord right you know yeah. like But that's a good you know, question. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, that's a good question. That's, that's yeah. I've never actually thought about that. So yeah, yeah but that's... in these verses, Job is just wondering why God just doesn't take him out of his pain, and this is where I was at. Um, I was asking why, because it's like I did everything you told me to do, and it all fell apart, mm -hmm. and I, I said I need to know why. 
and I didn't get an answer. And I got mad because I'm like, okay, if you don't want to talk to me, I don't want to talk to you either. Mm. And so I didn't. And then there would be nights I would lay in the bed and I never had a plan to kill myself. But I do do remember praying like, Lord, if you just want to take me out of this world, I am not wake up. I am perfectly fine with that because at that point, I didn't really have, I, I saw no purpose. Yeah. Like everything had been taken from me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what, what was the point of all of that? Uh, and that, that's where I was at. Like I said, I never got suicidal. Number one, I'm too chicken. I would never do. I would never follow through with that. It did, it, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't mean, know. I've does, never gotten it, that. Yeah. I misspoke. I've never gotten to that point. It's, yeah, it's not okay. That that is one thing we can't address too. Like suicidal people are not cowards. Okay, I I want to no, point that no no because that's what I'm saying. I would not. Yeah, it's 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 uh, that's almost like people are challenging them to do it. You know, if they're telling you they're suicidal, that's the answer for call. Okay, you know, take them to someone that can help them. All right. You may not be a trained profession. You can listen to them. They may want to talk to you. Listen to them. Sometimes just listening helps. You know, don't try to diagnose. Yeah. You know, look, you know, we're not doctors here. Yeah, exactly. Let's reemphasize that. None of us are medical professionals. Right. And there's, there's been, there's been a lot of people over the years that I've, you know, counseled with. And over probably the last, I'd probably say seven or eight years I've, I've changed my view on, on mental health. Um, and you know, I, I can't tell you how many people I've counseled and I've talked with and I've, I I've always known enough to know when to say, I think you should go see a licensed professional. And, um, and generally they would and the licensed professional, you know, I mean, that's they right. would Take care of it. Which is which is what they're supposed to do, and and you know that that's actually another thing that I, I kind of wanted to mention, uh, the whole you know you need mental health, you know, or you need help, or you need to go see a therapist, you need to go see a psychiatrist. It's almost derogatory to say, "Hey, you need help." Are you kidding me? Like that should not be that way. If if somebody needs help, he says he knows like. You know, imagine if you're on the side of the road and you've got like, you know, all of your legs are broken and your arms are broken. You need help. Well, how is that derogatory? And why is it derogatory with mental health? Right. It gets into that pride stage. Yep. You know, you get into that one thing. Like I, I tell everybody this, you know, I I think I've told everyone in this room, even you need something. Give me a call. I'll be there. But. I'm really bad about asking right, for help. You know, mm-hmm. David Jeremiah mm-hmm. even says that he says the church, he says, we meaning the church right. has so demonized mm-hmm. depression that many Christians are afraid to even exist in the midst of it or to say anything yeah. about it mm-hmm. to anybody. Deny it. Um, mm. And so, you know, we'll wrap up here with um, just examining Depression, you know, and there's re- depression is a very real thing 
in our culture and our society more than these are statistics that I took from that sermon again more than 1 in 20 american adults are treated for depression 41 million adults report dealing with major depression at least once in their lifetime and i can tell you i've done it twice and that those numbers are only going to go up yes um major depression is now the leading cause of disability worldwide the numbers are going to keep going up and up and up and i asked pastors deacons you know check in on your people there's there's certain signs you can look for Mm-hmm. You know, ahead. and uh, we'll talk about them in a minute. But, you know, if you know someone, like I could tell if Eli was going through it. I, I feel like I've been around him long enough and knowing my situation, I could probably pick it up. You know, some people are excellent at hiding. But it. Mm-hmm. there I'll are a lot you. of people hiding it. Pastors. And well, I, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell in you a what. couple of weeks. Yeah. We're going to talk about <laughs> You and I were both hiding stuff, and as close as we are, <laughs> right? We neither one each of other. us knew. We hid it from each other. It. So, like, I, I knew, I, I, I know, I hid it because I know I, when I when I talked to you about it, eventually you were very surprised. Um, you know, and I was surprised about your stuff as well. And it's just, you know, some people are very, very good at hiding it. And me and Jeremy have been very close friends for several years now. And we didn't even know. Right. And like you said, the numbers are going to keep... This is an issue the church needs to address. Today. Now. Like yesterday. Training. They need training. They need education on how to... Because like you said, it's (laughs) been demonized. So now people are not going to say anything. You may run into Eli and be like, hey, how are you doing? He'll, He'll put on the church mask. And you know, say he's got a really good one. Oh, I, I, oh yeah. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> well, and that goes back to what Stephen, what you said earlier about uh, my generation. Yeah. Um, you know, growing up, you know, with a phone in your pocket, twenty four seven, and you know, TikTok or whatever, and it's like just twenty second videos over and over again. So our attention <laughs> yeah, spans yeah. are about yeah. this long, right? And because you so, won't listen so my to a gener- podcast over twenty minutes. That, twenty minutes, that gener- thirty seconds. That's, yeah, that's true. You know. Um, but with my generation and, and then like you also have issues with the era that we're in as you know the last hundred years as dating has started to change. And so a lot of people oh, yeah, yeah. are having, you know, not all, even the last I, I, would, I would especially last like decade or so. Yeah, you know, I would like, say the last decade is the, the, wow. I mean, that I remember being in high school and it's like this person broke up with this person or whatever. And let's say the things that can make it a lot worse is they're having a lot of sex and stuff like that. And then when you break up, the, both of these people are going to have the worst mental health issues just because of this breakup in a relationship Uh where they were having a lot of sex. And that is detrimental to your mental health. Well, there's things that are happening to you. Uh, well, that's kind that, of another that, that, topic. You don't even but, know what's happening to you because you're so young. Yeah, that, that opens the door to it. We, we could do the whole episode For on sure. that. But like, yeah, like with how dating has changed, that's, and again, like the phones and COVID, I think you were the one that said COVID is, yeah. is I mean, just beating my generation over the head with a hammer in regards to mental health. And, and not to say that other generations well, don't have that, that issue. You guys didn't, but some of you in your generation didn't get to walk across the stage. Graduate. That was the that was the class above me. Yes, yeah, I got to walk did, the stage. Yeah, yeah, for graduation. Yeah, um, and I mean that. But yeah, phew. yeah. Those so, are things. 
I mean, it's not going anywhere. Depression is here, and mm-hmm. the church needs to step up. And, you know, just like we recognize and will help those with physical mm-hmm. issues, um, we need to do the same with mental yeah. as well. Well, you get it. Well, even think about it. You get a, you get a physical once right. a year. You should probably go get a mental. Okay, <laughs> well, actually, that, you just brought up something. I remember at my, uh, I don't know if, you, if y'all are the same, but like my physicals, if I do a sports physical or something, there was like a very brief, like, page of checklist it's like mental health questions oh yeah, yeah but it's right. like, who actually that. checks the oh i'm not right. doing good boxes that's the issue you you get handed this you check the i'm doing i'm good i'm, I'm good i'm good i'm good on all these little well, categories comes back to, nobody actually is honest on those things yeah recognizing depression oh, yeah the national institute of mental health um says that an individual who exhibits four of the following symptoms uh, need to seek professional counseling. Uh, a loss of interest in their usual activities, feelings of guilt, hopelessness, worthlessness, weight gain or weight loss, sleep disturbances, depressed mood, uh, lethargy, anxiety, crying, slow thinking, suicidal thoughts. Um, I've checked off more than four. Yeah. Off that list. Um, so yeah, I, most people are going to be once if you don't get treated quickly, it escalates. It gets to, worse. It gets and worse, and worse and worse. And, worse. Yeah. So and then, all of those yeah. are going to be on there. You know. Well, and then you know things come back to haunt you. You know, um, you may have something that happened. You know, you were in the military. Yes. You know, you may have happened, had something that happened 20 years ago or whatever, mm-hmm. and something happens and triggers that yeah. thought. And, uh, you know, one of the things that um, when I when I started my uh, psychology degree, one of the things that they were telling us was, uh, one, they encouraged every single one of us to get uh, see a therapist or of some sort. And they said, you need to be prepared. Because we are going to bring be bringing some stuff up that it will probably get to you, uh, mm-hmm. just from your childhood. Whether you've repressed it or whatever, it will come up, and you you need to be prepared for it because otherwise you are going to get to where you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, the response that we should have, and I will just say the response the church should have, is to face depression honestly. Yeah. I mean, go back and read. Job chapter three, he did not hide his feelings. Like I said, you know, you Elijah put, did the same thing. You put the church mask on and you tell everybody, oh, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Yeah, read Psalms. Yeah. Read through the Psalms and see how David cries out mm-hmm. to the Lord. Job, you know, in chapter seven, verse 11, he says, and again, this is the ESV version, but he says, I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. He never abandons his faith. He just gets sick and tired of putting on the the church face. (laughs) And And depression is not sin. Right. Um, Again, I'm going to quote David Jeremiah and go listen to this sermon after you listen to this podcast. <laughs> you bring up an interesting point that, like, there were so many times I would scream 
you know, but I would do it quietly, like, <laughs> because I didn't want people to hear me, but yeah. I needed people to hear me. But if they would have came, they would have asked questions and that and that. And, that. and I mean, it, you, it's hard to talk about. Yes. One of my favorite quotes out of this entire sermon was when uh, Dr. Jeremiah says, we need to grudgingly acknowledge that such uncommon honesty may be one of the greatest virtues a saint can possess. Mm. And the church does not like that. Nope. Especially if a church is very concerned with image. Right. And wanting to present a certain image. We don't struggle to, with that kind of thing. To themselves. Um, that vanity? Issue. Yeah. yeah, right. Vanity. You know, and they, they get offended. When mm -hmm. things, when you challenge that image or you hold a mirror up to them and say, no, this is what you really right. are like. Um, but what what is interesting, I was listening to a podcast, um, comedian, Christian comedian, we've mentioned him before. You're listening to a podcast other than this one? Yes, I am. Um, John Christ, who grew up in the church, Christian background, um, had some personal issues and the church trampled him. Yeah. Um, He's, there were a couple of good quotes that he mentioned. And I, he's like, comedians, um, comedians' job is to make you laugh. And while your mouth is open, pour in the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and then my favorite one is offense is never given, it's always taken. Mm. Um, Meaning, I did not offend you on purpose. You took offense. You took offense. Like what what uh, Steve said earlier with you know people not not calling him from from the church. You know just to check on him. Just nobody. Just not even people that are in a Sunday school class or whoever his deacon is. Whatever they didn't call him. What you know you can take offense to that if you want to, but you shouldn't. What you should do is take conviction from that well, and say you know what. I'm going to change. I'm going to do better. I'm sorry, Steve. If you do take offense, ask you, like, why does this offend me? Because mm -hmm. it's true. And 99% <laughs> of the time it will be because it is true, because people are always offended by the truth. I mean, look at the ministry of Jesus. <laughs> why were people so mad and upset with him? Because he told them the truth. Yep. And they eventually killed him for it. Do you yeah. know if you ever take your hand... And you're pointing out those issues. You got three others pointing back at you. Pointing right back at you. God, the Son, and the Holy <laughs> Spirit. You know there, what's you hilarious know? about that? So I forget the show. Uh, gosh, I cannot remember the show, but it's on. It's on Disney Plus. Uh, it was a show like from the late '90s, early 2000s. It's got Kaylee Cuoco in it. And anyway, it, it matters. It matters. Uh, so eight simple rules. Yeah, that's it. Eight simple eight rules. Eight simple Thank rules you. for dating my teenage daughter. Yeah, John that's it. Eight, eight simple rules. Because John Ritter was yeah. the dad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So he tells her, when you're pointing at somebody, there's three pointing back at you. I can't tell you how many times that's been told to me. <laughs> and I never... <laughs> I was like, are you serious? Like, those big... Oh! oh! I thought, like, you were talking, like, you know, people were just like... You know, pointing fingers back at me like they're saying stuff about me too. Uh -huh. Like, oh, so your own yeah. fingers. Way to go! I had to wait till I was in my thirties to, <laughs> to realize some people are telling me when I was a kid. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, back to it. But our, the question we were trying to address tonight is depression sin. No, 
It is not Absolutely a sin. Not. I am a sinner, but mm-hmm. not because of depression. I kind of think for a second we should all uh, collectively talk a second about like why does helping depression matter? Um, obviously, it's not fun to be depressed for your whole life. But let's say some some uh, unbeliever comes up to us comes up to us and they're really depressed, and we help them by sending them the, the suicide hotline or um, anything like that, medication, whatever. But we don't use that opportunity to point them to Christ, well, they're going to die and go to hell just like they would have if they died earlier. Right. Same thing. So that's actually something uh, interesting. One of the classes that I'm in uh, is talking about Christian psychology. How do you integrate the two? Excuse me. How do you integrate the two? Um, because sometimes they, they butt heads. Psychology mm. and Christianity, <laughs> notice Christianity can butt heads. Mm. And uh, in the class that I'm in, um, they give these different possible models or whatever and they're like you know where where do, where do you kind of lean towards and um you know the idea um that i am more for is you know rewrite psychology with the biblical foundation of christianity however uh i need to change that view just a little bit instead of saying christianity bible base it on the bible because you know the bible is a is a world view uh, that you get based off of reading it. And I mean, it's, it's a complicated worldview. It's not something that's simple. Um, you know, and, and we believe that to be true. There are other Christians out there that are like psychology, science, it's the enemy. And I do not believe that is so, you know, everything that is in the Bible is true, but not everything is in the Bible. There are truths outside of the Bible. Now, some people are like, heresy. Okay, fine. Here, electricity. I'm done. <laughs> like, mm. And there's many, 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 many other things that are not mentioned in the Bible, and that's okay. You know, that's where I think that something like psychology can come alongside the Bible, use some of the biblical principles, but use those psych- psychological sciences. We have those for a reason. These are important things. Mm. Yeah, I think that... Um if you have an unbeliever come up to you and they're struggling with depression, that's a great opportunity to explain to them our fallen world, mm-hmm. uh, the suffering that happens both when you're an unbeliever and when you are a believer. The, the, the dynamics of that change a little bit between being an unbeliever and a believer. But either way, we still live in a fallen world. Right. So use that as an opportunity to explain God's redemptive plan to not only restore and redeem our bodies, but to restore creation as well. Yeah, but just because you've got that doesn't mean you won't be depressed. And I 100% agree and with I, that. Actually, um, you know what? You know what I liked um, when the David Jeremiah that sermon that you mentioned. Uh, he actually mentions Charles Spurgeon. Spurgeon, and Charles Spurgeon actually gives a sermon and comes out, and he basically says along the lines of like, "I'm depressed. I'm suicidal." Da 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 da. Like, and he's like, "I'm preaching to myself today." I mean, it was. I was like. Charles Spurgeon said that, mm-hmm. and like, Martin Luther, and Martin Luther was like, "Oh man, that makes you feel so much and, better." And unfortunately, there's probably not a link we can provide to a Charles Spurgeon sermon, but there's probably written down somewhere. Oh yeah, because he's been dead for well. That's what a he was. While. That's in the but, David Jeremiah sermon. That's what he was. He was actually yeah. reading it. But um, so for yeah, like yeah, that's not, obviously not going to just you're no longer depressed, but that's still an opportunity. Definitely. A great evangelism opportunity. Now, option number two, if you have a fellow believer, maybe you're, that you're discipling coming to you and saying, I'm really depressed, use that as an opportunity to explain the dynamics of suffering that we see in Scripture, like the thorn in the flesh or Job. Right. Um, and like right here in Psalm 51, I think you actually mentioned this earlier with David. Um, it, it says in verse... Um, 
uh, verse 8 of Psalm 51, make me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Right. God breaking his bones. Um, So whether God is decreeing or orchestrating your suffering by his own hand, or whether he is, like Job's situation, allowing suffering to happen, either way, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him. And he works all things out to the counsel of his will. I think it's Job. He says it somewhere in there. He says something like, even though he, even even though he, he hurts slays me, me I he, will still have faith. Yeah. Though you even slay if he me, yeah. slays me, I'll still pray. I think it, I was mm-hmm. looking for that earlier. I think it's like chapter seven, but I couldn't find it. I don't know if you saw me like yeah, <laughs> searching, but um, yeah. And there's actually a great Shane and Shane and Shane song. Um, it's, it's called Though You Slay Me. It's based off of that scripture. And if you go Google it, Shane and Shane, they're like a, the worst. Yeah. I, I think they're great. Um, and they they were like, out before you were born. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, they, dude, have you guys ever heard of the Beatles? <laughs> they're, they're not that good. What about um, Elvis? I love, I I love me the, some Elvis. I'm just making a point. I'm just messing anyways. With you. <laughs> um, anyways, so uh, if you just Google Shane and Shane, uh, though you slay me, it's based off that scripture. And it's it's the song, and then probably about three quarters of the way through, there's like a sixty second somewhere in there long uh, sermon clip from John Piper talking about suffering, and this is a really cool sermon. I actually kind of want to talk about it for just a second if I can. Um, it's I've only seen uh, this particular sermon that's referenced in the song from John Piper, and he's giving the example. I, I think this is so interesting. I actually watched this while I was gone. Um, and uh, I remember I was I was sitting on a pier in Alcochet, Portugal, listening to the sermon. Nobody is dark. Nobody around. All can hear is the wind and the water. This is really cool, actually. And John John Piper is referencing John the Baptist. And if you know anything about John the Baptist beheading, he's in prison, and there's a you know obviously a secular party going on where I think it's the king's daughter, requests mm. John Piper's head on a platter. John, John Piper's head? That's going to be tough. Me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, it requests that this, the king, is it the king's daughter? Um, yeah. Requests John the Baptist's head on a platter. And so silver the, the, platter. The silver platter. The final seconds of his life, John the Baptist's life, is his head getting cut off, put on a platter, and handed to this lady during the, the inappropriate party that they're having. Talk about useless suffering, right? Or at least in our perception, we think that is absolutely useless. And then Piper in this sermon is using this example, and he's like, "You think that your suffering sounds useless? Think about the, the ten seconds that <laughs> John the Baptist experienced in this prison cell." Right. But, and as as stupid as this might sound, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him. And are called according to his purpose. So right. whether he is orchestrating that or he is allowing it or however it fits into his sovereign will, it still gets worked to the counsel of his will and for the good of those who love him. And that I know those words don't just snap the depression right out of you. And and, but, well, and that's and, something we need to say. Like there's nothing that just snaps. No. That it, that depression is an ongoing, like I'm going on year number two right. of mm-hmm. dealing with just this mm-hmm. latest bout. Um, it's not been different little things throughout. It's been two years of right. stuff. And, and I, you still, know this information and you believe it. Right. I'm still dealing with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that because I know that, you know, for me, um, 
I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I know this Bible very, very well. And I believe it very, very strongly. You cannot convince me that this is not true. You just can't. Um, I mean, it is, I've got some super serious faith in the biblical word of God. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you right now that I'm still struggling with depression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know these things. I, I know about Job. I, I know, I know, I know, but I'm still dealing with it. And there may be some listeners that are dealing with it too. Mm -hmm. And we want to be right here and encourage you. And we're not saying, Hey, don't worry about it. You know, I'm a pastor and I deal with it too. That's not, we're not, we're, we're not saying, Hey, it's okay. We're saying, Hey, it's okay. As in, I'm a human too. You're a human too. We're gonna fail just like this. Mm. And there's some, there's Comfort. some different ways out there. Okay, uh, there's physical counseling. There's medication out there. You know, not everybody's the same right way. Okay, and we're, again, I'm not a doctor. I play one on TV occasionally. <laughs> you know, but you know. Seek medical help. You know, I mean, there's lots of things on the internet now. Oh yeah, you can you do know. online counseling, yeah. you know. which is nice. You know, you you're, you're talking about you know, uh, for me, you know, I don't want to do it because I don't want somebody to run into me, you know, and yeah. just like, oh, what are you doing here? Hey, you know, <laughs> like that's the last thing I want. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> um, so doing it, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm here for a job interview. <laughs> like you go into the council, like yeah, I'm I said this was a point. job interview. I don't care if somebody are you hiring? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you can be as private as you want on some online therapy. Those are good things to have. This has been a good discussion. I think I've. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> definitely. I think it's great. Um, like I said, this is a topic you can't just cover in an hour or an hour and 15 minutes or however long this ends up being. Um, <laughs> this is a, this is a topic we'll address over the next few weeks. We'll look at yeah. different aspects. You know, I think next week, uh, we talked a lot about depression today. Uh, another big issue that um, a lot of Christians and just people in general deal with is anxiety, oh. worry. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe we'll talk about that next week. Thanks for listening. For more information on DDS Faith Ministries, please visit our website at ddsfaith.org and follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.